0: Log Talk Radio.
1: We'll go back in time The seasons pass, when 22 men graced the rugged fields of yesterday, fighting for one more first down, one more yard gain that would bring victory after 60 minutes of battle on the gridiron. Tonight, we'll explore the world of gridiron greats. Welcome to Gridiron Greats, Football, history and its memorabilia on the Gridiron Greats Publishing and Broadcasting Network, in conjunction with slick enterprises. We're live from the Wallyford, Connecticut home of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and I'm Bob Swick, publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and I'll be your host for the show. Gridiron Greats is the only publication in America which focuses upon the history and memorabilia of the North American football game since its inception in 1869. We cover 150 plus years of football history and memorabilia, and you can find us on the web at Gridiron Greats Magazine. It is at this time I'd like to introduce my co-host, who is a senior contributing writer to Gridiron and Greats Magazine, a football memorabilia historian, specializing in pre-World War II items, in particular Red Grange, and also Seattle Seahawk items, in particular Steve Larger. He hails from <laughs> Portland, Oregon,
2: Mr. Joe Squires,
1: Joe, welcome to the show.
2: Bob, good afternoon. How are you feeling today? You tra- your uh, your football trailed off a little bit. You usually get about a good five six seconds out of that.
1: Well, the uh, excessive amount of pollen in the air here, I, I'm, uh, I have a little <laughs> allergy issues. So, long story short, I uh, <clears throat> I will be clearing my throat several times for the show. I have lime water in front of me, trying to. Uh, Oh. Trying to uh, keep my voice going for sixty minutes—a football oh. talk.
2: And Outstanding.
1: Hey, before we uh, get started on what we were going to talk about, something came to my mind that I, I like to share with our audience. Um, I'm sure everybody's aware of the show American Pickers, uh, where two guys drive around the country and they basically pick different antiques and different pieces of items of uh, collectible nature from throughout the country, amazing collections and, and debris and, and hoarding that they go through to find stuff. So a quick story I just want to share with the audience and you, Joe, too. Um, in the local Craigslist, I, I normally read the, the uh, tax sale ads every week. So there was an interesting one this week, which said, um, collectibles tag sale, 12 to 5 p.m., Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Please email me first if you're going to attend, blah, blah, blah. So I emailed the guy. I said, I'd like to swing by on the way home from work. He said, sure, I'm here, blah, blah, blah. So I knew where the address was. I was on the way home, town over from where we were. So he says, walk in the back of the house and come through the Boko door. So that's exactly what I did. (laughs) <laughs> I go down,
2: Bob. I go down. To this, Bob, I hope you text, guys I, I, hope you told Brenda, I hope you told Brenda where you're going to be, just in case you got kidnapped.
1: No, oh, I. She, you know, she says that all the time. She says, I can't believe some of the stuff you go. You, you know, you, you're just not <laughs> fearful of anything. And I said, you know, if you're going to do something like that, as far as I'm concerned, you're foolish to try it with me. That's all I got to say. So anyways, I walk into the guy's basement, and literally from the top of the ceiling to the bottom of the floor, he had all sorts of collectibles, cards, programs, magazines, wow. records, comic books, um, Yeah, you name it, he had it. And I, I think my mouth must have dropped to the floor when I walked in. And I had told him, I'm only interested in football, and I'm, I prefer older football, 1979 and back. So I said, I'm the guy. who And he said, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I pulled what I was able to find easily for you to look at. So in this room that literally had from top to bottom, you name it, it was there. And he said he collected more baseball than anything else. He only had a little football. I go in, and it's about 50 cards in a pile he shows me. There were some 1961 Tops football, a handful of 1971 Tops game football, uh, like one or two 57s, one or two 66 Tops, uh, a couple of Flair Hall of Fame from the 70s, and and a couple other odd cards, nothing out of the ordinary. Condition was everywhere. Jim meant to VG. Uh, So I I go through them, and I'm saying to myself, oh, what am I gonna do with this now? And I really feel sorry for the guy because it looks like he's got a couple hundred years accumulation here. He's trying to sell, so he was telling me, I'm retiring, I'm trying to get rid of all this, I'm moving, blah blah blah. I said, Well, you got a lot of stuff to sell. He said, Yeah, I know. That's why I'm running. I'm running this, uh, this sale every weekend for the next few months. So, long story short, um, it reminded me of American Pickers, and I really felt bad for the guy. So I couldn't not make him an offer on the cards. So I said to him, well, what are you looking for for these football cards? He says, I trust you. Just, just make me a fair offer. I, I know you've got to resell them or whatever. You know, just, just make me a fair offer. So there were 50, I counted 52 cards. So I said, well, would you take 25 bucks for them? Oh, yeah, that's more than fair. That's more than fair. So I gave him the 25, and I, I climbed up out of the Bilko door again, and, and uh, <laughs> I drove home. But it was actually a pretty interesting, interesting pick. There, I had a. There were a couple of the '61s were nicer shaped than what I had in my collection, so I upgraded a few. And uh, it, was a, it was just what an experience. I think I, I think I was just in awe, just staring at everything there. How could anybody fit yeah. all that in a in a cellar? It was just it just amazes me. To no one amazes me.
3: I thought uh, good about.
1: I'm not. The way my man came. I'm, I'm not so. sure if you looked, but did he have
2: did he have any large-ins?
1: No, he I I did not see any Largent laying around, but I got two 1978 O.J. Simpson cards, which uh, I will yeah. advertise for sale, advertise for sale at the National. I know somebody will want to buy them. But uh, yeah. it was funny. Prob- what what he, an expert! He probably he
2: probably, <laughs> he probably had all the Largents in a safe in the back.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't. I d don't, yeah.
2: I can't figure out how you would walk in the back to get at him.
1: That was the problem. So
2: <laughs> you, look, you look a little suspicious, Captain. Captain, if, uh, if, it, it was, if you'd have been a little calmer, a little cooler, he might have let you in back to see the good stuff.
0: <laughs> hey, you want some and
2: rookie cards? I got some stuff in he'll, the uh, back. I got some and.
1: He'll email me again. He said, oh, I found, I found uh, a bunch of cards from the 1800s, but a couple of them don't have any names on them. I don't know if you would be interested in them. And uh, there, he said some sort, some sort of the uh, card. I can't figure out what they are. Uh,
2: by the way, a anyway, perfect segue for <laughs> the last show where it's just like you keep waiting for some hoarder. To be...
0: <laughs>
2: yep, I yep. love it. Well done. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm too organized to to be a hoarder. I'm that guy who you know, about every year and a half, two years goes through my set, my collection, and just goes nope. Nope. Uh, I know I've been working on collecting a fifty-two Bowman small set for like six years, and I'm eighty percent of the way through it. You know what? Nah, never mind. I, I'm, I, that doesn't interest me anymore. Let's sell that off. Uh, I'm I'm just that guy. I just I lose interest, and uh, and yeah, I
0: just yeah.
2: I'm just yeah But You yeah, know that's, the that's the
0: that's one I'm kind of happy with my book.
1: Oh. but I've always lost interest, and in, and I put it together three different times, never finished it. It was the thirty-five trickles. I just gave up oh. on him. I I I just you know I just got tired of it. I couldn't see spending three four hundred dollars on a GVG common high number. Uh, you know what I mean? I just I, I it just wasn't worth it. it. Just wasn't worth it to me. So
2: blasphemy, blasphemy. Wild.
1: It's just just uh, can't do it. Can't do it. That's it. But anyway,
2: call yourself uh, the 100- ambassador of football, and you can't put together a chickle set. Oh, <laughs> captain. Uh, uh, all right. But
1: we are in another trimmed graded card crisis. And uh-huh. I'll uh, hand off to you, Joe. So, and, uh, pull us up.
2: Uh, it's so depressing. It, uh, just and the, the irony of it all, just, you, you know, you trust these third-party graders to, you know, to be looking at cards. And I've mentioned before, you know, my love – hate relationship with the 48 leaf set and just uh i'm enamored by the set and i love it and just at some point i began to realize trimmed cards were slipping by you know the graders at psa and you start seeing obviously trimmed cards you know getting older as psa 8 and uh they're just the minimum width and and height you know 50 50 millimeters by 60 millimeters just it's just or excuse me uh, 60 by 70 just not happening uh it's just depressing, and then every once in a while somebody will point out another card that's for sale, and it just kind of sh- makes me shake my head. Uh, but apparently, I apparently PWCC had some trimmed cards up for sale. Somebody talked about them, and then they got pulled.
1: And there were newer
2: cards too. Uh, apparently, there were newer, I think you know, One was Tom,
1: Tom Brady or a few Tom Bradys or whatever.
2: Yep, and. It's got to be harder to trim those because if it's a numbered one to a thousand card and, you know, and somebody's got a scan of a PSA nine, you know, number 72 Tom Brady contender card and you buy that and the PSA nine had an obvious dent in the top and it appears six months later, number 72 without the dent missing a 64th of an inch, you know, on top it's, it, and it appears in a PSA PSA 10 holder pretty damn obvious it's been trimmed but the problem is there's no recourse for that it, you know you can't uh, you can't you, you send a scan of the old PSA 9 you know with a dent in it to PSA along with the new scan it's not like they're going to buy the card on on eBay and then you know and then uh, you know take care of it it's just it's gone at that point and uh, you know it's not like you're going to reach out to PWCC tell them this came from a 9 it's obviously trimmed and he's going to pull the listing. That, uh, I'm not familiar with that listing, but did that one get pulled? I just knew about a couple of Leaf cards that were traveling.
1: Yeah, uh, that didn't. I believe I believe it was, all, it was like four cards that actually got pulled, or three or four cards. And uh, long story short, that basically, um, you know, put a kibosh to what was going on there. I mean, you're looking at ridiculous prices for those cards you know, 100K plus in a couple of situations. Oh, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. It does not make any sense to me whatsoever with regards to that. So that's a well, major, major problem that I see as far as what we're looking at with regards to our, uh, you know, the hobby, to say the least, as far as all this trimming the is mod- concerned. So, uh,
2: and the modern cards are much easier to trim than the vintage ones. Because the way the right. modern ones cut, you know, they have a blade with rollers on it. So it's not like there's a sharp edge. The The edge has a slight bevel to it. So, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've witnessed card doctors trimming, you know, a 64th of an inch off. And literally when they take a trimmer to it, the, the cardboard that comes off comes off in little curly cues because it's so thin. Uh, and then they put the card in a top loader, and then they literally ran a socket wrench over the top of it to add that bevel. Uh, and They put in a top loader so that it didn't, you know, indent the cardboard or get rid of the the gloss. So they just they just ran a crescent wrench on the side and that got the bevel. And uh, you know, even modern day cards, a sixty-fourth of an inch, you know, if, if you held your calipers up to it, you're gonna you're gonna assume that's within tolerance. Uh, right, right. You know, but you know, in other words, it's hard for the hard for the graders to know it unless they're unless they go, wait a minute, card number 72, let's see if we've ever graded this before. Uh, and I don't know if PSA keeps scans of every card they grade. I don't know if they have the bandwidth to do that.
1: And so, you know, you figure with a, literally uh, um, such a wealthy business market, multi-million dollars worth of cards are passing through people's hands, and there's just not a better way to check what's going on as far as greater cards. And, again, it's my argument all along. I don't do much of anything with greater cards. I'm not pleased with what I'm seeing or reading and hearing about in the market with greater cards. They really need to clean their act up once and for all. It's not fair to the collector. It's not fair to the hobby. And it's not most of all, it's not fair to the unsuspecting individuals who are putting out this kind of money to buy a trimmed card in a supposed uh, special grade or high grade uh, holder, yep. it's ridiculous to I me. Mean. Totally oh. ridiculous. It well, is the part bothers is, me to you know. But
2: what, what do you expect for a 15 to $20 grading fee? I mean, they can't. Right, right. So I would imagine there's just not enough time to scan each card, keep a database of each thing, and then if you do get a numbered card like a Tom Brady 72, cont- you know, number 72 contender, I mean, how do you go back and check your beta database to see if, you have, if you've ever graded card number 72. It's just it's not enough. I mean, and, and will the market bear, you know, a sliding scale for, for grading where it's like, all right, a, a normal card, you know, if you want to send in a, you know, you know a, a 2005 Donruss card, I mean, it's $15. If you want to send in a, an incredibly valuable card like a 1977 Steve Largent, I mean, that's $100. You know, I mean, just right, providing right. scale, just to, for, for a little more objectivity, you know, to a grade. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, the yeah, the the, the the best. The, I tend, best. I tend to slab stuff nowadays, just to protect it, protect it, and to label it uh, for future. You know, not for grading. I'm not after a PSA ten, red grange ticket from a you know a game in 1925. I'm just after getting it slabbed so it doesn't get damaged and lost. Right, right, right. I hear you. Sure. Hi.
1: Our, our special guest is here, and I'd like to introduce him. He All has right. an incredible collection of over 8,000 Pittsburgh Steeler cards and memorabilia items. His collection will be featured in the summer national issue of Gridiron Greats magazine as our super collector. Yes. He hails from Idaho. I'd like to welcome to our show Mr. Michael Herman. Mike, welcome to the show.
3: Hey, <coughs> thanks. I'm Enjoying your conversation so far. <clears throat> I sure. just uh, hope sure. that I, your other guest won't hold it against me that I'm a Steeler fan. Sometimes Seahawks <laughs> fans out here are a, little, are a little resentful of the Steelers. but <laughs>
2: I've got notes jotted down, Mike. Don't you worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I still, to this my, day, Pittsburgh on, Steelers. To this day, I still spell, spell Pittsburgh Steelers, S-T-E-A-L-E-R.
3: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's that's, hey, Mike, let's that's start the, pretty off. much the consensus out here. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: let's,
1: let's start off by asking you and telling our audience, how did you become a fan of the Steelers and, and how you started collecting Pittsburgh Steelers cards and memorabilia?
2: Well, Did you I lose a bet, Mike? What's that? Did you lose a no, bet no, the didn't loser lose
3: had, to, had had to become a Steeler fan? Okay. No, uh. uh, I I was actually I born into it. <laughs> <laughs> I I was born like 25 miles northwest of uh, Pittsburgh in a town called Monaca, Pennsylvania. So I didn't I didn't really grow up there. I've actually grown up all around the country in different places, but it just you know, like anything, I just kind of consider it my heritage, and my grandfather and my favorite aunt and my dad, of course, were big Steeler fans, so it's just always one of those things that you just look back on, and, you know, with fond memories, I, I, I grew up mainly in Ohio, which, you know, and I grew up in the Columbus area, which is kind of halfway between Cleveland and Cincinnati, so I, I got into quite a few fights as a kid, but, (laughs) but I I remain loyal to the yeah, there was always and you know, when I grew up in the mid seventies and eighties there was also the Cowboys, so but yeah. I, I find but, that wherever I go there's Steeler fans. I mean, even even out here in Idaho. But Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna, I probably, I was gonna probably, ask,
2: yeah, how how old you were, I mean what era you grew up in. And if if you yeah, I mean, if you grew up, I mean, up in I'll the seventies,
3: you know. Yeah, I'll I'll turn fifty three next month, so I kinda grew up in okay. the
2: in the heyday
3: of the of the Steelers for sure although they've been pretty yeah. consistent since then. But, but yeah, I, I just, I've always loved the Steelers, and I've always kind of been a collector at heart. You mentioned American Pickers. I mean, I, I love shows like that. You know, I just, I'm interested in people's collections and collecting. I mean, I like to focus mainly on, like, oddball, regional issues, things like that. Uh, that's one reason why I really enjoy your magazine. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of good articles in there along those lines and and dealing with things like that. Um yeah, when I when I put down I have 8,000 items in my collection, I'm probably being really really conservative. I mean, <laughs> I probably have close to that. <laughs> wow. Many, I probably have close oh, to that many knuckle. just football cards, not not counting everything else. Right. And you know, it's, wow, it's funny as a as a collector, I can I can remember even where I got a lot of those stuff, even as, even as a child, you know, I can still remember where I accumulated part of my collection and stuff. Right. Do you, do you just collect Steeler stuff or, I mean, any other, uh, or any other teams or anything? Um, I used to collect everything, but, you know, I sold off a lot of it just to kind of support my habit. Occasionally I'll pick up some pirate stuff and, like I said, I really like the oddball stuff. So if I see something, like recently I saw some uh, Burger Chef cards, and they were actually Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals. I couldn't resist the price. I thought, you know, that's such a such a <laughs> rare regional thing. So if anybody comes over, I'll just hide them somewhere. Don't <laughs>
0: <Yeah.
3: laughs> so worry. A uh, couple years from now, Bob will be in
2: your basement stepping through a Velcro uh,
0: you
2: know, door
3: looking at your stuff. <laughs> yeah, it would take I'm, a lot for me to spell, but
2: <laughs> you know, unless it was a uh, double, another another five six years of the Steelers not winning, and you
0: don't. <laughs> well, you know,
3: well, I, I, don't, think, I don't know if that's going to happen, but <laughs> I, think, I think, I'm loyal I'm to the end. I'm just I, kidding, always, man. Tell, <laughs> I always tell I've people, always, if they but, never win another game, they're still my favorite team. I just I just so, don't like, like people jump from team to team, you know. Totally.
1: So, like, I think I think uh, teams that are teams that are hot for periods of time, obviously will gain new fans. But there are, a lot of them are fair weather good. fans, and you got to really you really look at hardcore collectors like somebody like you with the Steelers, yep. me with the Packers, Joe with the Seahawks. You know, there's a lot of lean times. There's a lot of good times. So you know, if you're a yeah. fan. You're gonna you're gonna ride out the storm no matter what what it is and uh, and I can Absolutely. you know I look I, I look back to the '60s for me when I was young growing up the Packers were the team and I also had the uh, local uh, flavor of Bob Soronsky who was from Derby Connecticut and the local New Haven paper would literally every other day had an article on Soronsky or the Packers or whatever which was cool so it, it really you know and really sparked my interest with the Packers. And at the same time, Broadway Joe Namus was becoming big with the Jets. So that added a lot of flavor to it at the same time. And the rivalry between the two leagues, so on and so forth. But I, I really think right. there's a lot yeah. of Fairweather fans and there and there's the hardcore fan and I'm more worried about the right. hardcore yeah. fan than I ever be with a fair weather fan to say the well, least. Like, like my
3: grandfather would say how to go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was just going to say, my grandfather was a big Joe Namath fan. He actually knew the Namath family. He had a, a bar in Beaver Falls, so and one of right, my uncles
0: right, right.
3: He, he played football against Joe Namath and baseball. He said Joe was a great baseball player. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. At, at NFL, yeah.
2: like uh, five six years ago, had a uh, you know the top items that sell on their website. You know, for teams. And they, they, they refer to it as the Big Five. There are five teams that are, like, far and away the number one most followed teams, you know, in the country. And it's always consistently the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Packers, the Raiders. And I think the last one was the Patsies. Uh, but I don't remember. And It's just <laughs> – there's, there's people who flutter in and out of liking a team. But then there's right. the stalwarts. Yeah. And yeah. a lot right. of it's in that, yeah. you know, that that, that yeah. uh, Midwest where it's just you're born in the area, you watched your team, you're rooted for your team, uh, and, and you are a fan. You are a lifelong fan. I'm a I'm a lifelong Seahawks fan. I mean, my parents had season tickets in 1977, and I went to my first wow. game when I was nine years old. I and mean, you know, it's, it's it's yeah. I mean, yeah. So I'm,
3: I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Mike. Uh, but, I I do have to agree so, with you. If there's there's one guy that I, I respect in the NFL, that wasn't a Steeler, would be Steve Largent. I think he's a definitely a class individual and a good football player.
2: All right, man, you got you got me. <laughs>
3: All maybe, right. Maybe
2: you'll see. my. Four, <laughs> damn it! I had about four more jokes lined up. Never mind. I'm gonna cross <laughs> those off. All right. That All right. Now I got one. I can't. got one for you. Case, hey, but. <laughs> Now oh, I can't make fun of you anymore. Shoot! All right, all right. It's kind of weird. I've just bumped into my first classy Steeler fan. All right.
3: Uh, oh wow! <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You you complimented my childhood hero. Uh, you know why so, Spokane really? can't have an NFL franchise? Because then Seattle will want one.
2: Oh shoot! <laughs> <geez. laughs> yeah. Wow.
3: And you're in Idaho.
2: You're in Idaho, so you're really close to Spokane there, so that's not bad. I'm in Portland, Oregon.
0: So we're we're not <laughs> yeah. too far away,
2: Mike. Uh not too far. So we could just sit here and trade, you know, football insults the the whole show, I think. Uh yeah, I think we got enough. But we don't want uh, to do that, so I'm, No, no. No. Mike has Mike has, you know, chosen the the high road. He's he went classy. He he gave <laughs> a compliment to the Seahawk great, Steve Margin. So uh <laughs> So I'm good to go. I'm happy. Uh, All right, Mike. Mike, you collect uh, you, you collect Steelers stuff. Well, I, uh, we always have this question. It's like, I mean, out of eight thousand items, and you mentioned mostly just football cards. Uh, what are your What are your top like five items in your collection that, like, if there
3: was a fire, you would grab before running out of the house? Well, the the first two I think are definitely easy, you know. But the rest of them, you know, there's like how do you pick a favorite child? But I would say my my f- number one favorite item, I would say, I have a autographed Art Rooney Christmas card that somebody had given me, a friend of mine had given me. And I just, I don't know, I don't think there's a more classy individual that ever lived in the NFL than, than Art Rooney. And I just, I really admire him. Uh, you know, those yeah. commercials, the talkies, I think he's the original most interesting man in the world. Uh, he just, the things he did and, in his lifetime and the things he accomplished. I mean, he was a, you know, he was a Olympic level boxer. He was a semi-pro baseball player. He got scholarship offers for football. I mean, and he owned the greatest franchise ever. So how can you go wrong? (laughs) Classy guy. You're absolutely right. Yeah. One thing I, I have several books about Art Rooney and one thing that, really impressed me are stories about his funeral. You know how the Steelers and the Raiders definitely were arch enemies, especially in the 70s. And, you know, anybody who knows anything about Al Davis knows that, you know, he's definitely a person that could have held a grudge. But, you know, Al Davis was at Art Rooney's funeral. I mean, that Mm -hmm. that, to me just speaks of the the classiness of the man. You know, he was just so well-respected and so well-loved. I mean and and I definitely know the autograph is authentic without ever getting it, you know. Yeah. Authenticated just because he's not the kind mm-hmm. of person that had would have somebody signing an autograph for him. So I would definitely mm-hmm. say that's mm-hmm. my number one favorite item. Rooney helped um, uh, helped a lot break break the color barrier in the NFL too. So Oh yeah, definitely. He, I mean yeah, he yeah. he treated everybody he treated everybody equal. Another thing that he would do that you know, a lot of people would never even think of doing is he even he even took members of his grounds crew to the Super Bowl. I mean what what owner does that? You know? Right. I mean these are people right. that, you know, work on the field and he would he would randomly take members of the grounds crew to the Super Bowl so that they could experience it. Definitely definitely wow. a classy individual I have you get to say my card, next From you said it said it's a Christmas card? Yeah, it's a Christmas card. I think without without going in the room and checking, I think it's probably like in it's the early '80s. I think he died in '88, if I remember correctly. So it's an early '80s Christmas card. So oh, very yeah, cool. just somebody gave it to me. You know, a lot of things in my collection have been gifts. I would say my next favorite items are my Steeler tops, Mexicans. I mean, that was one set oh, that was awesome. Pretty hard to put together.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, that's
3: a topic. Yeah, and and again, I know you guys were talking about graded cards. I mean, some of them are graded, but that's not really important to me. I just, you know, I just wanted to have the cards. I mean, I'm a collector. I'm not yeah. looking to resell them. Mm-hmm. And I worked. I worked quite a while, you know, bidding on them, and a lot of them I would lose and stuff. But I got a hold of a guy who had completed a whole a whole set of the tops Mexicans and. He had had doubles and everything and he sold me a few at, at reasonable prices, which I thought was really cool. So that's probably nice. those are probably my, my probably my two favorite. Wow. Um I, I, yeah, I mean, a couple what's that? Those, those are tough, man. Those are tough. Yeah. Anything tough. Mexican. Uh another item I probably my favorite all time stealer is Terry Bradshaw, so you know, I got a lot of different Terry Bradshaw items in my collection. I just recently was able to get the St. Louis Market Calm Terry Bradshaw, which I had been looking Mm -hmm. for for quite some time and I'd never even seen offered on eBay, but I saw it a few months ago and I was able to get that at a pretty good price. So I had the Sears Roebuck, you know, which is kind of rare too because, because of the NFL strike that year. You know, they basically discontinued them, but some of them got, got out into circulation, and then I have the regular one also. Another couple things that I that I found recently, you know, just trolling eBay every once in a while you discover stuff, but I found some uh, <laughs> seven nineteen seventy two DEA posters. And okay. the first one I got Frenchie Fuqua, who's another one of my favorites. Not really sure why, other than the Immaculate Reception, but the first football card I ever remember acquiring was a 1974 Frenchie Fuqua, and I just randomly found it, you know, as a kid, and just kind of stuck in my mind. And then I also have the Andy Russell 72 DEA poster. So, Right. Those are, you know, something I've been working on, trying to find some information about. I, I do believe I, I've seen pictures of a Terry Bradshaw one, and also a Joe Green one, but I've, I've never seen them offered or anything. So. Yeah, that's, a, oldest, that's an interesting,
0: uh, old,
1: that's that's an that interesting I know, oddball set. That's an interesting yeah, oddball yeah. set. And when you had mentioned it in the article, I, I went back into my notes. I have nothing on it. I know I've heard of it, but I've never actually seen them. So, uh but if you got two of them, uh, you know who knows how many are actually in the set. And I would I would say it's only a handful. I wouldn't say it's a big right, set. Right? Yeah,
3: and and those those two guys happen to be two of my favorite, you know, old old Steeler players. So you know, and and being being in 1972, other than Bradshaw, they were probably like the face of the franchise. You know, at that time. Right. Right. How old Another, did your collection uh, go
2: back, Mike? Mike, if you don't mind me asking. I mean, most of the stuff you I, just mentioned I, I collect, is pretty
3: modern. Yeah, I collect a lot of, I mean, I I still need a lot of the, you know, the the pre-World War II and the after World War II kind of stuff. But I, I do have, you know, I have some older Bowman, some older tops. But, you know, I kind of, I just kind of focus, you know, like any collector, you get focused on certain things, but... You know, I collect anything Steelers. I, I still collect modern cards. I mean, but I prefer the I prefer the older stuff. Probably the '60s and the '70s is what I prefer the most. But you know, I, mm. I go all the way back. Anything I can accumulate that's Steelers. I mean, I'm I'm easy to buy for at Christmas time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if if You're anybody not. ever is wondering what to buy I me, mean, they can just anything Steelers. So. Another uh, cool. set that I've been kind of working on that I'm having a little bit of hard time finding information about is the 72 hand cuts. I don't know if you guys are familiar with those at all, but I, yeah, I think they were probably. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, that's that's another one I I you know I've heard of. I have absolutely no information on whatsoever.
0: So.
3: Yeah, I can't really you know I I not too long ago a few months ago I I saw like a lot advertised and i and i bought it and i emailed the guy he didn't really have a whole lot of information on it either but it helped me you know fill a lot of the collection and i have no idea even how many cards are in that but i probably have you know 30 or 40 of them easily so and you know there's a lot of them wow. that i don't have the the more expensive ones because most of the ones you see offered online are graded cards but i was able mm-hmm. to you know get collection like, get a Pretty good sized lot of a uh, lot of ungraded ones and doubles and stuff. So, I just think those are real interesting because that's a a real interesting time in the Steelers franchise. You know, right before Absolutely. you know they started going to the Super Bowl, and you know there's players on there that I've never seen or heard of, and and I consider myself you know a pretty good authority on the Steelers. I mean, I definitely read everything I can get a hold of, and you know I've been collecting for a long time. So I'm interested in those, you know. Um, also, I just recently completed my 1974 WTAA 8 by 10 poster set. I don't know if you guys have seen those. Yeah, yep. I I couldn't. I looked really hard for the Ray Mansfield one, and I finally found it. I I never really I never saw it offered online under WTAE, but I just. I was just looking you know through Ray mansfield stuff, and i have they happened to have shot of the front and the back, so I was able to they had didn't have it advertised as what it was, but you know I was able to snag it so so those are probably my top five or six favorites at the time or at the current rate
1: <laughs> well tying, tying tying that up what's on your want list right now if anything that you're looking for do you have a priority want list or just, you know, generalized or whatever?
3: Yeah, I do have a, a couple sets that I'm definitely wanting to try to to fill. Uh, it's a lot of coins. I, I, I still need the Buddy Dial and I need the, the Gene Lipscomb, Big Daddy Gene Lipscomb. So, again, you know, looking on eBay, I'll come across Buddy Dials here and there, but the The only gene Liskum I've ever seen offered is like you know real like ten you know gem mint ten, which is like thirteen hundred dollars or something you know definitely out of my price range but you know mm-hmm. those are those are those two coins I would definitely like to get a hold of um <clears throat> also I'm working on my my j publishing set I don't know if you guys are familiar with those
1: yeah yeah that, those oh. are those seem to be certain years seem to be more plentiful than other years. And then it's always the classic question, well, how many were actually issued by the team? Was it 10, 12, 12, (laughs) 15, you know, that kind of situation. And, and because it was a J publishing set, it could be 10, it could be 12, could be 15, you know, years later, people found collectors found one or two that weren't, you know, were never in the original set, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, how did they get out to the market? So on and so forth. So, those could be a tough, a tough, uh, a tough uh, set to finish in the long run because you really don't know,
3: right.
1: you know, what might be out there one way or the other, you know.
3: As far as I know, yeah. what I need, you know, I've I've seen complete sets offered, and whether that's a complete set or not, but I need the Lou Michaels, the Bobby Lane, and the Preston Carpenter. Those are the three that I'm missing out of those sets, so. <laughs> Another set I'm working on, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the IDL Steelers. Oh, yeah.
1: Set. No, what's that? I'm, sh- I'm short about seven. There's a lot of
3: Yeah, it was, uh, I think IDL stands for Independent Drug League. They were, from what I've read online, they were like independent pharmacists, and they're, I don't know, Do you you, ha- you said you had some, Bob, right? I'm not sure right, the size. Right. They're they're probably around five by seven. Like I would say.
1: Yeah, I was going to say they're they're roughly five by seven. So. Uh,
3: and they're, and they're a again, photograph. you'll 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 see them on eBay, yeah. but very rarely are there more than the ones that are always on there that nobody's bought. You know, right. occasionally right. I've seen full cool sets offered. I need. I think I'm like six short there. So.
1: Okay. And I guarantee one of them you're short on is the, um, I think it was a Bradshaw that no one's ever seen.
3: Um, Jim Bradshaw. Yeah. yeah, it's Jim Bradshaw.
1: Yeah, and, uh, no, no
3: relation, but yeah. <laughs> I've <laughs> so, seen yeah, like
1: one one of them, one of them over the years, and I was a, and that for whatever reason I don't know if it was pulled, never distributed. Who knows? I don't know. Huh. Uh, about that that the, is one. That's a.
3: That is the one ones set. I need. Yeah, I think I also I got rid right down, I need the Lou Cordelone, Cordialone, uh yep. Buzz Nutter, which I have seen, John Rieger and Mike Sandusky and Dick Hoke, which okay, All
1: right.
3: which is those are, those know, are pretty much what a lot of
1: people are looking for. Yep, yep.
3: Yeah, occasionally you'll see a a full set offered, but yeah, it's very rare that you'll see very many different individuals. The, like the Ernie Stodner and the John Henry Johnson the the two stars out of that set you know you see all the time offered but you know as far as, as far as the rare ones they are the harder to find
0: so.
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all the all the years of collecting oh no oh sorry go ahead mike go ahead go ahead
2: no, well i say? would
3: what another set
2: another set you're working on what do you got
3: Um, well, I don't, it's not a a big set. I don't know if you guys have seen the, uh, frozen Coke, the Icys.
0: I think they were put out
3: in 72 also. Yeah, I have the, I have the Frenchie Fuqua and the Andy Russell, of course. (laughs) The only one I, I don't have that I know of is the Terry Bradshaw. And of course, that's the, the big money shot there. But, but that's definitely, definitely what I'm looking for. So, I from what I understand, I think they were put out in the Miami area, if that's right. Just like a very regional type set.
1: Yeah, it was it was a, definitely a regional regionally distributed set, and it had very very poor distribution in the region. So they are exceptionally difficult to find. Uh, again, yeah. all the shows I've been to over the years, and I've seen maybe one or two of them over the years, and that's a you know I really haven't seen much. And then, you know, a place like a, a show like a national, you're still going to be hard pressed to try to find anybody who may have them. And if they do have them, they know what they got. So it's going to be uh, a good chunk of change to buy anything. Yeah. But uh, it's yeah. An interesting set. Interesting set.
3: Yeah, that's definitely one thing I I try to remain disciplined when I when I go after stuff. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll put my bid in. If I don't get it for what I get, then you know, I mean. There's nothing that I, you know, if I, if I die tomorrow and I don't have, I'm, you know, not going to say I lived an unfulfilled life. I mean, <laughs> you know, I I enjoy my, collection, but, but, you know, you got to also kind of operate on a budget too. So yeah, those are, no, those are probably the things that I'm looking for the most, but, you know, like, like you said, you, you just see things pop up all the time. You had no idea we're there and you're, you're off for something else. I mean, it's just, it's just fun to collect to me, you know, it's, it's something to keep yourself stimulated, I, I have a, I call it my Steeler Museum, I have a room in my house, and, you know, before I go to bed every day, I'll just walk in there, and kind of breathe it all in, you know, enjoy my, enjoy my collection, so, it's definitely,
1: that's cool, definitely a
3: lot of things I've, I've worked for, and, and looked for, and hunted, and that's the fun thing, you know, the hunts, I mean, when I was, Younger, you know, it was more flea markets and card stores and stuff. But now with eBay, it definitely makes it a little easier, without a doubt, without a doubt. So I mean,
2: all this, all this stuff you collect, you know, eight thousand items, and you know, coming up on, you know, you know, what, what sounds like decades of, of you know, assembling your collection. You know, do you have any good stories? Uh, bumping into someone chasing. You know, chasing John Stallworth down a uh, you know d- down an airport you know
0: <laughs> corridor
2: for an autograph, anything like that. No, I,
3: I've I've never really <clears throat> I never really run into any Steelers in life, except I I did when I was again when I was a kid in in Columbus. There was a charity basketball game between the Bengals and the Steelers, so I was able to get some autographs there, but. No, probably my my favorite collecting story is one that I I kind of torture my two older sisters with. So when I when the when the article comes out in the magazine, I'm gonna buy them a copy and send it to them. I haven't told them that I included them in my article, but <laughs> we were uh, riding our bike a across. I grew up in a suburb of Columbus, which is called Westerville, and there's a reservoir there and you could walk across a reservoir or ride your bikes or whatever. It was definitely kind of out in the country. The closest thing around was a bait store. That's how, you know, that's how out in the country it was. But we were riding our bikes to the bait store, you know, to get whatever kids get. And as we were getting ready to cross the dam, we uh, I saw this garbage bag open, and I looked inside, it and it had who knows, thousands of sports cards in it, you know, baseball, football, everything. And, of course, you know, being the younger brother, I'm five years younger than one and four years younger than the other, you know. I had to listen. They were like, oh, we'll get it on the way back. Don't worry about it. Just just leave it there. It'll still be there. And, of course, on our way back, it was gone. <laughs> so wow. I, I torture them wow. all the time. Wow. Who, who knows what could have been in there, you know. I mean, that was definitely the, you know, early to mid-70s. I mean, you know, who knows what, you know, how many thousands of dollars could have been inside that bag. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's just a, the one that got away. You You never know what could have been in there. It's so, funny you mentioned your haven't any
2: dealers. Uh, like yeah, 10 years ago, Franco, Franco Harris was playing in a charity golf tournament here in Portland and, uh, I golfed in the I was golfing in the cart behind him, and uh, so you know every time he was teeing off, you know waiting for you know for the rack and stack, I'd pull up and be able to shoot the breeze with him for a minute. And you know, being a Seahawks fan, I was able to really kind of you know throw a couple of darts his way. <laughs> yeah, did you
3: remind him of the one year he was in exile?
2: No, the, I didn't. The know one year that actually,
3: he played for the Seahawks for one year.
2: Oh, that's right. He re- yeah,
3: retired as a Hall of Famer with the Seahawks. Yeah, that's right. Well, he was a Hall of Famer with the Steelers, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, was... I, I, beg your pardon.
2: I beg your pardon. Where did he retire? <laughs> well, what, what jersey
3: did he wear when he <laughs> went in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> All right. Starting <laughs> to get ugly uh, again, just, sorry. He, he probably said
0: to, him,
1: <laughs> he said to himself, I want to go back home. I don't like Seattle. Get me back to Pittsburgh.
2: <laughs> well, it's like Joe Namath, an L.A. Ram jersey, or Joe Montana, or Jerry Rice. You know, Jerry Rice unretired yeah. Steve Largent's 80s, you know, in 2005. Oh, yeah, it's, that's, it's weird to see yeah.
3: certain, certain players, you know, wearing other jerseys. And
2: Franco Harris right. is definitely one
3: of those. I, I definitely think that's why I enjoy the 70s era and, and 80s era the most. I mean, you yeah. know, most of these guys yeah. – Stayed and played and retired with the same team. You know, it's definitely yeah. definitely a lot easier to be loyal to players back then. Now you buy now you buy a jersey and you know you're wondering if two years from now they're even going to be on the team. You know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> if
0: you're going to, have well, you to know, burn that jersey know, to make a point, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, I definitely invest more in the uh, a, retired player truth, jersey
1: though, it's the truth though, because you know if you look at some of the career spans of some of these guys playing, they're lucky they're playing one or two seasons, and you know oh, yeah. the Tom Brady, Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, the Eli Mannings, they are few and far between, you know, and it seems oh, to yeah. be mostly mostly quarterbacks who survive the longest. But you know, how many defensive linemen do you really know who played fourteen seasons with with the same? same team so on and so forth you know it, it right. just doesn't doesn't happen and then now you got the draft all over again so now you got a, a all number one draft picks or the second coming of uh you know red grange out there you know that they're going to change the teams and so on and so forth a lot of these guys look at johnny manzo i mean he what a waste a yeah. wasted career so you know yeah i i- agree, I agree with you so much that i and I look at the cutoff date for me as basically eighty eight eighty nine I think once the nineties hit the rent a player concept really moved into Absolutely. full throttle and right. it's, you know you gotta i know you gotta deal with it but i, I just really don't like it and I do agree with you seventies eighties sixties there there was a lot more of loyalty yep. to a team the team was loyal to its fans so on and so forth. It was a much better situation than than what we see today, and that's my I think, I, way, I I think
3: owners of, were more loyal back then too. I mean, it's you know, it's well, being an it's, owner it's nowadays. A dollar, I mean,
1: it's a yeah, the, the, the money that, is that's really what it comes down to, you know.
0: The, 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 money the insurance is, is policy,
1: yeah, the the insurance policies that these teams got to carry on these guys is just phenomenal, you know, for right. injuries and everything else. I mean, it just you know. It skewed the game. It really has. So uh, that's why, in a way, I was kind of hoping another league, you know, like a, a WFL, USFL, whatever, would come out of the blue again, and, and we could see something, you know, some normalcy from years years gone by. But I, I doubt seriously if, that's, if that'll ever happen. But uh, no, I do agree with you. Seventies and eighties, sixties for me, great time for you know for the game and the loyalties that were created in those in those games and so on, teams and so on and so forth. And your team basically really uh, showed it, you know, 70s into the 80s, you know, incredible, incredible.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that again, going back to Art Rooney, there's so many stories of things that he would do for players and, you know, how he treated them. You know, he was just – he was definitely a, a class act. I think his son was yep. too. I mean, definitely, definitely a class organization. I mean, some of the things that have happened lately don't make his proud, but I mean, I'm still definitely, still definitely proud to be a Steeler fan. I always will. I wear my well, I wear my stuff with pride wherever I go.
0: <laughs>
3: nice.
1: The uh, oh. all the the issues with the Packers over the past season with McCarthy going and um, right. you know, Rodgers basically. You know, with the Rogers
0: issue, the
1: articles that came out. And I talked to a bunch of my contacts while that whole period was going. I had heard that the article was coming out and I was getting debriefed on it. And I was told, you know, make sure you're sitting down when you read this thing because a lot of the stuff we said is true and even more. And it just, I, I was just shocked by some of the stuff because, you know, in actuality, McCarthy was a relatively good coach. Rodgers is a very good quarterback, but you know what? You got to have some chemistry, and at the same time, you got to have chemistry. You're you're grown men. You got to you know swallow your pride once in a while, and then you got to you know got to go 110 percent if you want to win the game type of thing. So it becomes a it becomes a really you know he said she said type of thing, and it, and it was ridiculous. I mean, it made the Packers look like fools. Read it that uh, yeah. the,
0: with the
3: with the
1: animosity Same thing with Antonio
3: Brown situation. You know, I mean, here's the guy LeBron that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a 6 Bell round Brown. pass. Yeah. yeah, they they gave up. You know, they let two other quality wide receivers go to give him the money, and then you know, four or five years later, he just turns around and burns them. You know, it's just.
0: Yep.
1: It's ridiculous.
3: Yep. It is. Definitely.
1: it is Hey, while well, we're 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 down to about eight minutes. I'd like to find out from you, Mike, if you got any advice for somebody who wants to collect cards and football memorabilia. I ask every guest that question and we've gotten over the years, some very, very interesting responses. So i throw it out to you. What do you think? What's your advice for any beginning collectors?
3: My best advice is just collect what you like, collect, you know, collect what's a passion. Don't, don't be in it for the money, because especially now with modern day cards, I mean, you know, people look at it as an investment, and then they turn around and they're, you know, five years later they're worth nothing. I mean, you know, collect it for the memories, and don't don't worry about getting the gem mint or the graded card. I mean, I have quite a few graded cards in my collection, but you know, it, it's I also have some cards that are in not the greatest shape, but you know, they they complete my collection. You know, it, it's the memories for me. It, it's not, you know, I mean, if I die someday and my daughter wants to sell my collection and she makes some money off of it, you know, more power to her. But, you know, it, it's it's the memories for me. I, I still have, you know, you talked about if I have things that, you know, that are other than Steelers. I, I have a Luau Cinder rookie card that I remember nice. getting from a flea market for like five cents, and it, it looks like somebody yep. – you know ran it through the washing machine but but as a kid i thought you know i thought you know here i I put one over on this guy because he probably didn't realize that was kareem abdul jabbar (laughs) and i you know i thought for for five cents i've got a memory that you know i've held on to for for forty years and whether it's worth you know eight hundred dollars like a a mint one would be worth or you know or a high-graded one or whether it's worth you know ten cents it's still it's still a memory and i still look at it and i enjoy it and you know, I can still remember finding it. You know, it's just, that yeah. to me is what yeah. collecting is about. The memories and the enjoyment. Yeah. You know, it's not about the dollars and cents.
0: No, that's a,
1: that's
2: well, a great Mike, philosophy I have a, to have. As a as a Steelers fan and me as a Seahawks fan, I have a couple of uh, speed round, you know, speed round questions I'd like to ask you. This is just multiple choice to <laughs> shut out your answer. Uh, <laughs> Let, let me know when you're ready. Okay, I'm ah. ready. All right. All right. Terrible towel or 12th man? Terrible towel. Hmm. I would disagree.
3: All, with the proceeds, that all, right, let's... all the proceeds go to charity.
2: That's actually pretty cool. I didn't know that.
3: All yeah, right. The, let's the move industry. along here. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Uh, Chuck Noll, even though they get confused a lot of times, even though Chuck Knoll was <laughs> definitely a, a better coach. <laughs>
0: yeah, no,
2: kind of. I, I would agree with you on that one. Even though, yeah, I would agree with you. Okay, you ready? Number three. These are getting a little, little, uh, a little more complicated. Yeah. Legion of Boom or
3: Steel Curtain? Oh, Steel Curtain for sure. But I I do like defense. I will have to say I like the Legion of Boom also, but Steel Curtain for sure.
2: I don't remember the Steel Curtain shutting out, uh,
3: uh, you know, another team 55-8 to in a Super Bowl, but all right, we'll go with your answer. (laughs) I seem seem to remember them going nine straight games and giving up 27 points, though, total.
0: That's that's true. That's true.
2: (laughs) Spoken like a loyal Steelers fan. You know, how few people – how few football people know that the the the, uh, the steel curtain gave up 27 points in nine games. That's pretty cool. Good stat, man. I like that. All right. Last one. And this one's worth five points for whatever that, for whatever that's worth. Lynn Swan or Steve
3: Largent? Oh gosh. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn Swan, just the gracefulness, but I, Steve Largent had a better career. Lynn, I don't, you know, it, the numbers are definitely different in the seventies passing wise but as far as body control and grace I don't think he can outdo Lynn Swan but as far as a human being I don't think he can outdo Steve Largent. so uh, that that's a you're correct. You're, you're, you're correct. It was Steve Largeon. <laughs> Steve Largent was the correct answer. <laughs> uh, there goes my chance to get a Lynn Swan autograph but <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, we'll work it out for you. No, don't worry about it. All
0: right. <laughs>
2: nice. Thanks for having us sense you. But that's it. That's all I got, question-wise. <laughs> all
1: right. We're almost out of time, Mike. I really appreciate you being on, and I know you're looking forward to the next issue of Good Iron Greeks, which will be our summer national issue distributed the last week of July and also at the National Sports Collect- the Collector's Convention, which is going to be in Rosemont, outside of Chicago, Illinois, from the 31st to the 4th of August. So thank you for being on. I'm sure we'll be in touch beforehand. And uh, right. some great memories about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I Thank you for sharing them with our audience today. All
3: right. Well, thanks for having me.
2: Thanks, Mike. You've been great, man. All right. Nice talking to you.
1: All right, two-minute warning, and we're going to have a wrap-up. Joe, I'm going to hand it off to you. What did you learn on tonight's show?
2: I learned that not all Steeler fans are bad people. Some of them can be good human beings. <laughs> and I had to write that, that down that was, because I couldn't come up with nice. <laughs> no, not, that I, was very really
0: clappy. <laughs> yeah, Glad
2: his, I could uh, play. Scene, Mike's oh, great. <laughs> I love it. Good on you, Mike. I love it. Uh, See,
1: seeing the pictures no, of the
2: was, was... Was a Steeler fan, and he and I are friends, so obviously.
1: <laughs> I right, we're down to a minute. Um, yeah, his collection is incredible. Seeing some of the pictures of it were were amazing and uh, very very well thought out well-displayed collection and could yeah. show his passion yeah. for his Steelers. Right, we're almost out of time. Uh, this is our last show for April. We'll be back in May with a couple of shows. And uh, until that time, we will uh, be talking to you again. If you don't subscribe to Gridiron Great Magazine, check out our website at gridirongracemagazine.com uh. for subscription and back issue information. Joe, thanks for being on. And we'll be talking in the future. And we'll be back next month. Take care.
0: Hey.